0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
1: What a beautiful throw by the Baker! Big Hasta la vista, baby!
0: What's up, Cleveland Browns fans? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. It is a relatively slow Browns news day, not really anything of note to pick out. There's uh Super Bowl media week going on, which is is a pretty quiet all things considered. I thought we'd hear more, get some more uh highlight clips from that endeavor, but I have not really seen much to grab onto other than what I talked about just yesterday about uh Jarvis's note to Odell. But that's how it goes sometimes in these off season, uh, you know, stretches. There's not going to be a ton to talk about, and it's a uh, it's on us to come up with some content to bring to you. A reminder, a couple things up at the OBR. We had a roundtable uh, discussing Jarvis Landry's contract situation and um, where he's at, kind of cap right now, where it's at in the future, what we think is going to happen. The entire staff got involved with that, so you can check that out and get a bunch of opinions uh, on the topic and let us know your opinion as well. And then um, this show today, specifically, I'm going to talk with Jared Mueller, who used to work with us at the OBR, uh, about the topic as well. Because when we're talking wide receiver week, which we are here, it's it's the biggest decision looming, right? Is what they're going to do with Jarvis's cap hit, his final year. Um, and then we're going to talk about Rashard Higgins, too, because there's another, uh, air quotes there, uh, decision to be made uh, as well. And kind of talking about both guys' time in Cleveland, some memorable moments, and putting into perspective how they've done here as the Browns might be heading toward a total wide receiver rebuild. So that is up, uh, the, the round table. I urge you to check that out. And before we get to our time with Jared here, we did a... Twitch show, Dueling Mock Draft, where three of us, uh, which was myself, Stephen Thomas, who's uh, Brown's Mock Draft, as you know, and then Michael Keith from the Garage Beers podcast, who has joined us at the OBR, he got with us. We did three different mo- uh, uh, mock drafts from three different podcast simulators. It's one of my favorite exercises. We're probably going to do it weekly. I like getting different perspectives on players, different draft boards, having the topic of where one website has a guy ranked versus another, seeing which mock draft comes out on top for fan vote, all that stuff. We're doing that, probably leaning toward every Tuesday. So check that out. It's rewatchable on the OBR's Twitch channel. Well worth your time, uh, about an hour and twenty minutes. But we do free agents. We do uh, before we do free agents. We do guys that we would cut, guys that we will resign from the current Browns structure, and then free agents uh, additions as well. So we all went into the draft with the same sort of setup. So it's a fun time. It's all out there. You can check it out. Urge you to do so and follow along with the Twitch, which is still getting off-season content, guys. Pretty much uh, every weekday, we're we're having something up there. Uh, for you to consume on your Cleveland Browns, even as as uh, as tough as it is right now to keep content fresh uh, ahead of really the, the stretches March and April where we get to the fun stuff. But we're still going to give you some content. We're always going to talk draft. That's a huge part of what we do at the OBR. So check that out. Now, no more wasting time. Let's get over to uh, my conversation here, which I think is a really good one with Jared Mueller where we go through. Uh, Jarvis, the perspective on everything. And then and the same with Richard Higgins at the end and touch on some of the important parts of their time with Cleveland. So let's get over to that right now.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Jared,
1: what's happening, my friend? How are you? Man, I'm I am tired. I am uh ready for it to be not the snow, but but I'm doing good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good
0: too. Echoing a lot of the things you're saying. You're saying right there. We are we are diving into a couple of players that have been around the Browns for a while, right? Um guys at the wide receiver position who have been productive uh, for stretches, uh, stretches of non-production um, one more than the other. Uh, but, but definitely guys who have been debated a ton in the last, we were just talking about this off air, but like guys in this franchise. Now it feels like we've been talking about for three or four <laughs> years in a, in the same talking points, the same talking points over and over and over again. And it starts with the decision looming at the wide receiver group. Now that Odell is gone and that ship has sailed the um the decision around Jarvis Landry is the one that looms because he is under contract uh, to remind everybody of what is sitting in front of them. If he plays out this year, he holds a 16.379 uh, million cap hit. That's a 7.5 percentage of the Browns cap. If they decide to move on from him, they'll carry a 1.5 million dead cap and they'll save themselves 14.879 against the cap. So there is an incentive to saving money to moving on because even if you're looking at some of the mid-tier guys in free agency, which we're not really going to get into here, but most of those guys are projected at like an 11 to 13 million uh, annual year average, which would fit under the savings right there alone. So if you wanted to go younger, Christian Kirk or DJ Shark, or you wanted to bring in somebody like Allen Robinson, if you wanted to get crazy. Uh, you know, those are the numbers you're looking at. So there is incentive alone in cap savings. They could also trade him, Jared, but I don't expect him to do that. I think if they were to, to let things be bygones here, they would let him move on. Similar to what happened with Odell to let him pick his next destination. So I will set us up this way. The situation with Odell, we did not hear, and I'm not here to talk about Odell. I'm really here to talk about the Jarvis perspective of it we did not hear him do his usual media hits. He did not talk a ton. He talked at Thanksgiving um, where he talked at his event, his social event. He does passing out. I think they pass out turkeys or something like that. Maybe that was a little later in the year, but the the Browns media finally got some time to chat with him, but he really didn't talk about publicly the Odell fallout, the move, the decision he made. Uh, And he was not the face of the franchise kind of the way he's been in years past. And to me, it's kind of. Sad. I know he was hurt for a stretch there, Jared, but it it said something to me about there's probably Jar- Jarvis is is a, a very emotional on field player. He's pretty reserved off the field, and he she bottled up, man. So I'm just kind of curious what you thought of the whole thing. Am I overthinking it to think that Jarvis just kind of like was in shell shock about it, tried to cope with it his own way, or do you think he just let it roll off him and just played?
1: I don't. I don't know. You know, the reality is, is in the mental health world, we always talk about change being something that we need to take that information as something. Right. There is something there when you see a change. And with Jarvis Landry, you saw a change, meaning you didn't see him. You literally did not see him like you would normally see Jarvis Landry. I think it was pretty much every week since he's gotten there in 2018. Maybe you didn't see him this week or that week or, you know, the the COVID week or when he got injured. Those are all normal Uh, But in general, I mean, he didn't miss many games anyways. You saw him every single week. And so that change is really telling. Obviously, very difficult situation for him um, with the injury. The first time he's actually missed games because of an injury, he missed a game last year uh, because of COVID. But the reality is, is there was a change there. There was something different about him. And even that short time that the media did get to him, he said he wasn't getting the ball. Like he just, you know, I wasn't getting the targets or however he said it, it wasn't in a complaining way because I don't really see Jarvis as that guy. And so it really sets up there are, there's really only one option. Well, there's two, but the option is really going to be laid out in front of Landry. Does he want to come back or does he not? If he wants to come back, they can figure out how to make the money work for both sides. If he doesn't want to come back, the Browns are not bringing him back at $16 million cap hit. Uh, when they can save 15. Now, if if they could only save 3 or $4 million by cutting him, maybe they bring him back because the cap money matters far more than his salary. So, you know, for me, I think it really is going to fall into Jarvis Landry's lap. Does he want some kind of restructured or extended contract? Does he want to finish what he started? Or was the Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield stuff, because we don't really know where Landry kind of fell with it in the team. We know based on his emotional conversation with Odell at the media day that he's still all about Odell Beckham Jr. They've been boys for a long time, but from a team perspective, does he want to try to finish the job or is he done? And I think it is going to be his choice. The Browns will pay him some money, eight, nine, seven. I have no idea what the actual number will be uh, a year but is he done? And I think it's going to really fall on his shoulders to make that decision.
0: So you don't think they bring him back at 16 and run it back. You don't find that to be a reality
1: for either side. I I don't see that as an option. No, not at all.
0: I think that this is just my opinion and I'll let you handle it how you would handle it. I think this is what happens. I think the Browns go to him and say, Hey, you're, we love you. We want you here, but we have to look at where our cap is being spent. We're clearly in a transitional phase with the wide receiver room. You're, a privy, you're you know you're privy to that. You've, you're watching it happen, but we want you here, right? We want you to guide the next group we have in here. Um, we think you have value. Uh, I don't think the value is top 16, 15 pay <laughs> wide receiver in the NFL based on what you've produced and looking at the data from other players and what you're looking at. But we want you here. We'll offer you eight, uh, eight million, say, you know, eight million, cut you in half. I think he doesn't want to do that. I think he is going to say if they came to him and said, hey, we'll have you back. We'll have you back at 16 if you want to be here. I I think he would consider that because I think he's smart enough to know by talking to his agent. (laughs) I, I ain't going to get that money on the market. I'm not going to get that money from anybody. But if the Browns say, we'll pay you eight, I think he's going to say, I'd rather test the market. I just do. I think he'll take that as a little bit of a slap in the face because of the time he's put in here, the culture, uh, the change that he's been a part of and and an anchor, a a big part of, I think the whole, you know, I don't, I I hesitate to give anybody a huge, huge credit there, but he's been a part of it. And um, I just, I just think the vibe I get based on the media shutter that he did, And just his general vibe on the field, too, as far as focus goes, he had so many mental errors. Just like I just Mm -hmm. didn't feel like his mind was in it. I think he's ready for a change. So I think if they brought him back a 16 million number and said, hey, we'll run it back and finish your contract he would consider it. Does that, I, I think it'd be like a 99% lock. He could surprise you and say, I'm good. I'd rather go play somewhere else. Let me walk, cut me and let me walk. The, I, I think he would consider, but I don't think, I think he'll take if the Browns come to him and say, we'll, we'll cut you down to 8 million, but we want you to be here. Uh, maybe give you some incentives. If you hit 1100 yards, we'll give you 10 million, whatever. Um, I think he's going to walk. Uh, that's just my yeah. vibe. A trade won't happen. But the general hunch I get is that people think he wants to be here more than I think he does want to be here. And if they try to cut the money, he's going to go elsewhere, in my opinion. So that's and I don't know, he might not even get very much in the market. I mean, he's, he's, he's approaching 30. He's clearly already a limited athlete. He not been as consistent catching the football as he needs to be right for a player of his limited athleticism from a comparative. I mean, I'm talking about Jarvis Landry being a limited athlete, you know, it's all relative, right. Compared to his very much so. Um, but that's just where I'm at with it. Would I like to have Jarvis back at a stomachable number. I could, yeah, I could handle that, but I also am realistic in saying, could I go get, a guy for you know five to seven million and a guy for maybe ten million um, and and completely overhaul that position and then go draft a guy too or draft a couple guys, right? Go sign DJ Shark or Christian Kirk and then draft a couple guys that to me is a more appealing approach than using 16 million dollars on Jarvis Landry. So, that's kind of where I'm at with it how I would handle it. I would cut him, I wouldn't trade him, and I even think the trade market wouldn't be very good, Jared. So, no. Um, that that's just again, it's I appreciate so much of what Jarvis Landry has done here. I think I truly do think the Browns started to go in a different direction the minute they made that deal with Miami. Um, you know, he's never been a wildly productive player here. He's had some nice years, a couple of them, but he's never been uh, a 1400-yard receiver, but he was he was solid at a time when the Browns just needed solid. The Corey Coleman years, the, <laughs> the 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 Terrell Pryor one, like they needed a guy that they could just count to be a professional, do the job, lead the locker room, and he did those things and I think his money uh which was heavily debated at the time, Jared as you know, um, is something I'm looking back at it. I'm okay with it. So, yeah. um, that's my perspective on what the outcome will be and how I feel about Jarvis. I want to leave that, uh, that same opportunity for you here.
1: Yeah. You know, for me, the re I think I agree with most of what you said, I think in the end, um, and this it's, it's not a secret and I've been to the, co- I've been to the combine pretty much every year outside of whatever COVID, I don't know, years are so blended now over the last couple, but I can tell you this, Jarvis Landry will know, his his agent will know in Indianapolis, March, I don't know, 3rd, 4th, 5th, whatever the date will be, his agent will know what the market is. He will. He will absolutely know, and he'll already have uh, pretty much a contract negotiated with somebody else if he wants to. Like, that will happen. I am confident of it, which tells what, but I think what we're going to find out is we're going to find out that market isn't great, right? Everything you just said about Jarvis Landry, I agree with. Limited athlete. He's never been the explosive guy. He's never, his highest yards uh, per reception is 14, and that was in 2019 with the Browns. Um, but generally speaking, he's 11, 12. You know, the most receptions he has is 112. That year, he was 8.8 yards per reception. So he's never been explosive, but exactly what you described, he gave the Browns certainty and consistency when they had none of it, right? And so um him and Baker, you know, there was, there was some quality play there, but Baker knew he could count on Jarvis Landry to get that five yards on third and four, right? There was a lot of that, and then last year it was ugly. It just was right? And so, you know, his worst season of, of his career for a variety of reasons. Primarily, he really is a, a quantity guy. And so he only plays in 12 games, targeted 87 times. Last year, he played in 15 games. So three more games, targeted 101 times. The year before, 16 games, 138 targets, right? And so even with all of those, 83 receptions, 72 receptions, 52 receptions, he's not uh uh using those those targets really efficiently. So in the end I think it'll come down to what does the market tell him? And I think the market will tell him that the Browns offering him and I'm just throwing this out there some version of 3 years 22 21 23 million dollars and obviously there's a bunch of different incentives and whatever and option years and whatever the heck it would be. I think them he might find that 3 years and 20 some million is much better than what he would get elsewhere. And it gives the Browns a solid number three receiver. He doesn't have to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. And I mean, if Odell Beckham Jr. was telling Von Miller to not come to Cleveland, I'm pretty sure Jarvis knew what his buddy was thinking going into last season too. Then I think he just kind of gets a little bit of a, a recharge and a fresh start. And if there is a a Garrett Wilson or one of those guys, Burks, you know, in the draft, All of a sudden, he slotted well as a number three with Donovan Peoples-Jones, a rookie, him, Speedy Anthony Schwartz. All of a sudden, maybe you got something there for, again, three years, 20-some million dollars.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
0: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you
2: closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I like
0: it. I like it. That's an interesting route to go. I, I will I will say we should, too, talk about as we're, as we're ev- evaluating some of these decisions. I mean, everybody else. I mean, there's a couple. of Like Ryan Switzer and Jamarcus Bradley- they could bring those guys back as practice squad players. I mean, I, I don't know. It's a matter of who they like. I'm not really concerned <laughs> with it. But Richard Higgins is one that most people consider uh, a guy that they move on from. This last year's cap number was, uh, I think, 1.1 one, 1. 1 or 1. 1.2. His contract value was 2.3. Uh, I'm not sure if he hit some of the incentives that were laid out in there. But um, Rashard Higgins is just a weird – he's a weird – uh, player, I don't know what other way to say it. it's it been such a weird career he he came on so well last year to the tune of like his his third year in the NFL 39 for 572 has a complete step back in 2019 four for 55 <laughs> with Freddie then sticks around another year doesn't have an opportunity early in the year Donovan Peoples Jones actually playing over him then gets a chance as Odell goes out has his best year as a pro averaging I don't know what was his yard perception. 16.2. 16. Yeah, he averaged he had a 599 and four touchdown season. And then this past year again, he had 47 targets, but only 24 catches, 275, and he never felt like much a part of anything. And it's like, okay, we've gone back and forth on Rashad Higgins all these years now where it's like, okay, he's like he's got this chemistry with Baker. He's always in the right spot, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I I guess after last year, I would have considered him a guy who would be here for another two or three years, just the value of the player. He can plug and play. He's got good chemistry with the quarterback. Now, everything, as we know, has sort of shifted with the quarterback that plays an element into things here a little bit. But like, I think Higgins is gone. I just don't I don't really see he's going to be 28 next year. It's hard to see a future there, so do you want him eating reps up if you take a couple wide receivers in the draft? You're trying to develop Donovan Peoples-Jones even more. You want Anthony Schwartz to get on the field even more. It's hard to see a path forward. Do you think there is one with Higgins?
1: You know, I don't at all. Like You're right. He had such a weird career. I remember he was cut. I think it was Hugh Jackson year. He was cut. No one picked him up, and he came back and signed on the practice squad, and then like a week later I called up, and I think he had like – seven for 85 or something in the, and, you know, two weeks after getting cut kind of thing and no one claiming him, no one signing him, him coming to practice squad. I think Higgins is such a a great example of what happens when you are so limited in that there's just really, besides route running, there's really nothing he's great at, right? So Jarvis Landry, you know, he was that strong physical receiver. Higgins doesn't have that. He doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the size. And so it takes really unique situations for him to succeed. And so, you know, last year, no one, you know, he, he had his best year and it still is only 37 receptions. I think at this point, I mean, we've thought, I've probably thought this the last couple of years um, at this point, it's just time for both to just move on. Uh, to see if another system or maybe something wide open where he's kind of that other slot guy. So he might not be the quick, speedy uh, kind of slot guy, but that other dependable guy someplace where they're going yeah. four wide. I just don't see a way back for a receiver who um, he's kind of got that cult hero status, that Matthew Della Vadova, uh, Anderson, Ver- well, Verja was a far more productive player. He's just kind of got that cult following where we like him, um, but it's there's never been consistent um, and there's got to be a reason multiple different coaches that are different and weird and all in their own ways. He went into Hugh Jackson, Freddie Kitchen and seemingly Kevin Stefanski's doghouse like that's a very unique player to somehow end up in all three of those coaches kind of dog houses for whatever <laughs> it is. Like, I don't know how you pull that off. Like those are three very different kind of guys. And somehow each one of them was like, yeah, you go ahead and sit down. We're going to put anybody in, you know, can Hodge was getting snaps over him at, at one point, Donovan yeah. people's Jones, as you talked about. So yeah, I don't see a, a way forward for him. You know, Dimitri Felton is going to take those snaps before Rashard Higgins is.
0: Yeah. I, the, the development part there is important. They have guys they want to get better. Uh, that they've invested in and i just think richard although he can be a guy who can be a depth guy i could see where you could justify signing him back it just has run its course it just really has run its course and you made a great point it's amazing i think <laughs> richard was the first guy in the wide receiver room they gave that they drafted that they gave a second contract to since some embarrassing name i couldn't maybe maybe it was like uh
1: like Webster Slaughter type no, of time? No, it was post-99,
0: but it was early. Was it Northcutt or something? Northcutt, okay. Kevin it Johnson, maybe. One of those guys, I think. Somebody put the stat out at the time. I mean, it was only a one-year deal, but like right. that was the first second contract they've given to a wide receiver. So, I mean, can you if you look at Rashard Higgins' career in Cleveland, you're like, that's a pretty good outcome. He was a real contributor for two teams sure. that won some games, and it's a, it, it worked out as well as it could have probably worked out. I think Richard Higgins has some practice issues. I think that he's not a guy that coaches fall in love with for his effort all the time and <laughs> attention to detail. I think that's a large part of why he spent time in the doghouse and different coaching staffs. But he did fine enough for the role he was selected. The athlete he is uh, in Cleveland. I'll another guy, not you know, not in Jarvis's category, but like just a guy I'll remember fondly. He made a, a ton right. of ton of nice plays. Um, he made he made some. Uh, plays that startled me. He made some, some plays that, uh, you know, it's like, I can't believe this guy is open with nobody around him. It's almost like he was a receiver who was so ignored sometimes. Um, and unfortunately I think a lot of things could have changed for him and the course of the franchise. If that, if that fumble doesn't happen there in the mm. divisional round into the end zone. So, uh, that's the ultimate, uh, Ooh, ultimate. That, what could yeah, have been that's that, his
1: biggest know. memory, right? Like, unfortunately is, is that fumble Dan dirty Dan hitting him in the head and, and all of that and the other thing just as as you know and just a reminder to to our listeners to both of our podcasts you know depth wide receiver needs to play special teams he played zero snaps last year the year before 17 the year before that 14 12 zero and then as, as a rookie he, his most 25 he played six percent of special team snaps as a rookie that is the most He's played so you know when you talk about a, a fifth sixth kind of wide receiver you need a guy who's going to play on special teams and that is most certainly not Hollywood Higgins
0: yeah tough to justify that roster spot if you're not going to be a very productive wide receiver so those are your two big decisions looming one way more important than the other as it includes maybe moving on from a guy under contract but wanted to pay special attention to guys who have been contributors Jarvis mm-hmm. and, and Richard have been big contributors here and it looks like you and I are both comfortable with moving on from them as it'll be a total recharge to the wide receiver room. But also, I think we did a nice job honoring uh, what they do. we should talk about Jarvis's biggest moment in Cleveland. Um, I, I would say his touchdown in the wild card. He caught that uh, mm-hmm. caught that slant and kind of made a move and uh, yep. that up the right the sideline
1: explosive play. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one.
0: Um, the catch against the Panthers and Baker's rookie year was fun. That uh, Baker, that amazing left. throw, and
1: yeah. when, yep, when he he split the difference. Even some, uh, honestly, uh, one of my favorites is uh, when he came on, um, came in motion, uh, and took the handoff on some really unique, some unique plays. I think that was during Freddie's years. You know, just some of that versatility stuff where you're like, well, he's not really explosive, but wait, he can throw the ball. Right, he's yeah. left-handed and and he can run the ball. So there was just some of that where I can always remember just thinking and and even for me it was always that third fourth yard right like that he was going to get that extra yard or two and he was going to fight he was going to block he had a little Heinz Ward to him in the blocking like for for me Jarvis Landry I think it's a a perfect compliment it was all the little things that really uh, kind of st- stand out when I think of him that really gets me like man it was really nice to watch someone who passionately cared about playing football in Cleveland uh and and really wanted it even though he signed this huge contract pretty, you know right out shortly after getting traded the guy put his all into this team yeah. and so uh that's really kind of my tribute to him yeah, it's a little
0: ironic that the little things are here at the end or what we're kind of pointing at as the reason he A might not want to be here and and B might the Browns might not think it's justifiable to pay him so um yeah, I would say I would say Jarvis is uh, another one I forgot there as we wrap here is uh, was he the one who threw the t- two-point conversion to Baker on that uh, Jets Monday night game, their first win? Yes,
1: I believe that is ac- accurate as well. So that's the uh, that's the victory coolers, right, or fi- yeah. victory fridges.
0: He threw that one, then he threw a nice little reverse touchdown to Odell there in Dallas. Yep. And then uh, I- I'll also remember that catch he had up the seam. Like, Baker was early in his first game there, and this was like, again, something we we're talking about off air, like peak. This is awesome. Where can this go? What's it going to be like? Baker's first game action in the NFL. And he made a great catch up the seam where Baker put it over the top of that Jets defender's head and he almost caught it on top of the guy's head. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was fun. There, there, there's some fun memories there. I'll remember Jarvis fondly uh, yep. and he, he, who knows, he could be back. They could figure it out. We could be totally off here, but it's, it's proper I think to give him a, a shout out in case they do move on. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and folks living listening to the Browns Wire podcast as Jake is recording for his podcast, uh, what you just heard is Jake Burns loves football so much that he's talking about three or four years ago, not just oh this cool play or whatever, but like the details of that cool play and who you know where the ball was and all that ball placement. Like uh, it's it's that football knowledge, Jake. I, I appreciate getting to chat with you on either of our podcasts or you know on the OBR. Uh, twitch channel and all that kind of stuff is is just your your knowledge and passion of of the game but also you know specifically obviously for the browns
0: there's a reason i turn to you jared i think your perspective is fantastic man always have uh and we'll continue to link up for that manner precisely right i think you give great football insight you do a good job for your side so uh big big moments for the browns big decisions always like to get your opinion so i appreciate your time my friend
1: absolutely appreciate you brother
0: Well, thanks for joining today's episode. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this podcast. A reminder of coming things on the OBR. I will have a Donovan Peoples-Jones usage and film room tomorrow. I'm going to try to do that for uh, pretty much every week remaining. I did it for running backs. I have a lot of it for wide receivers. I'm going to really focus on two guys that... uh, That's Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz looking back at routes they ran, what the percentages were, success rates, how they produced, um, and, and try to get a gauge for what way the Browns are using them most often to sort of gauge how they move forward, what they can get better at. That'll be for VIP subscribers Uh, as well so check that out that'll be up tomorrow i'll have anthony schwartz over the weekend and we'll do some more things broad picturing this thing i just i really wanted to with wide receiver have that discussion on jarvis landry i think it's important and uh, also include richard higgins too who i think you know deserves some attention for the work he's done in cleveland and uh and and i think jared and i pretty much nailed what my opinions have been on this all along and and it feels like most people's opinions are on both of those guys so Uh, Appreciate Jared again for joining. Appreciate you guys for listening. We will have a fun guest tomorrow as we look at the wide receiver group as a whole. And then obviously as we get later in the week, we'll hit on the free agents you want to know about, get insights on those guys from an NFL source. And then also, obviously, with the huge decision looming at pick 13, look at the best available options and then go through the draft, talk about the other options as well. We are just getting started talking about wide receiver. So buckle in. It's going to be a fun week gonna have all the names you need to know by the end of this week both in house in the free agency period and in the draft i appreciate you guys supporting this pod the obr website and the twitch your support is very very appreciated and i just want to remind everybody of that have a great wednesday and go browns